Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? Okay, we're recording. Fantastic. So welcome to another episode. I am with the awesome Greg Wallace and he has picked a fantastic topic that I cannot wait to delve into and that is destination determines the journey. We're both quite big thinkers, philosophical, a lot in our minds, are quite similar I think in spirit and and personality so I'm sure we're going to go deep with this one. Um, First of all, welcome. Do you mind telling everyone, all the millions of listeners, a little bit about yourself and why you've chosen to... My name is Greg Wallace. Um, I run a charity called Connected By. Um, I I suppose the career that I had previous to this was um, a naturopath, which was probably about 15 years ago. And I was a naturopath for about 15 years. Um, So in the charity, we work with ex-service personnel, first responders, general public. Um, but basically looking at um, trauma and transition. Amazing. I didn't know that about you. I should come to you with all my ailments and Uh skin conditions and bad, I don't know, health things. You can make some potions and lotions for me. Um, Perfect. Thank you so much. We're obviously going to get much deeper into probably you as a person and what you stand for and your beliefs, and I just value your opinions on life and your approach to life and your mindset so much. And that's through really not knowing you as much as I'd like to and as much as I know I'm going to get to know you in the future because I assume we'll be working quite closely together. Yeah, I think you should tell people how we met. Yeah, well, it's interesting actually because there's a sign. So we're surrounded, just to set the scene, it's really authentically amazing and sparks my imagination. There's skateboards and decks just up on the wall. There's handmade surfboards there's an old tricycle, there's a wicked bike, um, loads of like antique cool things on wheels. So we're in this really awesome office space. And I met because I started skateboarding, long story short, after I quit another sport where the community was horrible and I felt really lonely and I don't know why, but I felt compelled to go and invest in skateboarding. And I went to the skate shop, bought myself a few things, helmet, pads, skateboard. And I was told about Bodhi Tree, which is the old charity you used to run, which is the same concept, just different name. And I was told where you were, roughly, but um, really there was no signage and there's no advertising and there's very little um, to give away the location of where you are or what you do. And me being me, super curious and just going on a hunch and having an intuitive feeling that I needed to cross paths with you, I came and did the absolute no-no, which is to knock on your door. <laughs> Somehow I found you and um, without any signs on the door, I think I called you and you were like, well, no, I don't I don't invite people in unless, unless you have, I've invited you, absolutely no, I'm not going to see you in person, blah, blah, blah. And there's a plaque that says that, a wooden plaque that essentially says, unless you're personally invited, you're not welcome. Um, anyway, I made myself welcome and I walked through the door and instantly we, we just clicked and I knew that I was in the right place at the right time. I just finished off a full-time job 
which was quite a daunting time in my life because I was aware that I had no source of income. I was a bit lost of which direction to go. And meeting you made me realise that was a really important connection. And I just followed my gut instinct that we should start kind of building a connection and seeing where it would take us. And it is a year since we we first met and since you kindly opened the door to me and let me mm. meet you. And we very slowly started to build on some things, but I'm really excited for where that's heading because I know it's going to lead to something really special in the art space. So that's that's how we know each other, which is exciting. And yeah, it just feels, I don't know about you, feels pretty authentic and exciting. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. 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 No, I feel very honoured to be here and to, to get to where we are at this point in time. Um, how I start all of my podcasts, and I will just say to you and to anyone that is listening, is that you've you've chosen not to kind of be informed about the notes and the structure. I'm a bit of a planner because I like <laughs> to make sure things run smoothly, but I love it. You're just like, whatever, Liv, we'll just go with the flow. But I do like to try and start with the first five around the theme. So the destination determines the journey. Um, and essentially five ways in which you would interpret that into everyday things in life. So if the destination determines the journey, um, personally, I would say changing the destination is a really obvious, obvious starting point, which is going to change the way that you do the journey. So if your destination is a school run, maybe don't take the kids in the car one day why don't you just chuck them all on bikes or why don't you get the bus or why don't you walk or mm. why don't you get all scooters make make a journey and an excitement out of that mundane journey, literal journey to the destination so have you got any other thoughts on how you could maybe challenge or change or approach a journey differently knowing that the destination is going to be the same it's probably more based on the fact that we're always told to enjoy the journey. It's all mm -hmm. about the journey. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what you hear. It's all about the journey. Yeah. But if you change your destination, your journey has to change. Mm -hmm. To go to the car is different than going to the fridge. Yeah. They're simple destinations, but to go either way is a different journey. Yeah. So I was a naturopath. I discovered hollow wooden surfboard building mm -hmm. and realised that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. When I realised that, I considered my death. What mm -hmm. happens if on my deathbed I remembered and went, holy shit, I didn't do the one thing. Yeah. So I promised myself I'd give it a red hot go. Mm -hmm. Gave it 10 years, said to, said to the boss upstairs that I'll do your work, but... I'm going to build surfboards. Mm -hmm. You organise the rest around me because I'm done. <laughs> um, and my destination changed. Yeah. So then my journey had to change. So that was a 10-year destination. Mm -hmm. And so I quit my job. I was lecturing. I was course writing. I was practising. And I got a job at Bunnings. Yeah. So I became a shelf monkey for three years. Yeah. So destination determines the journey, mm -hmm. and then it's about enjoying the journey. Yeah. If you just enjoy the journey, you're at the mercies of media, bullying, whatever, self-talk. Mm -hmm. 
but a destination determining the journey. Should make that. Ah, it's a truck. This truck going past. Oh yeah, we're 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 by a road. You're gonna get it all, guys. So just listen on in closely. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? So the destination of the journey. I... So yeah, then it's about enjoying the journey. Yeah. So it's not just enjoying the journey as it is and living on enjoyment, mm -hmm. which is the journey most people seem to take. It's knowing that by changing the destination, the journey changes and that journey is not necessarily going to be a pleasant one. Yeah. But if the destination doesn't change, you can get there. I think a really the takeaway for me when I was thinking about this topic and writing some notes for today's conversation was that I'd be surprised if people consciously were aware of their I love that you said you know the destination really is death in the gravestone what's what's written on your gravestone or what is remembered yeah. when you're on your deathbed and I would be surprised if people one even know that or genuinely are happy with what they have decided so obviously there's some people would think having loads of money or leaving a legacy or spreading love or maybe it doesn't have to be so positive it can be creating disruption having loads of kids, essentially cloning yourself and just putting your own little mini versions of yourself out there. Whatever your destination is, I think we need to potentially take more ownership over that decision because it is a decision and often people kind of go through life and they can't enjoy the journey or the journey is clouded, there's blinkers, you know, if we take it metaphorically, like there's hailstones or whatever or the it's at night time because... Mm -hmm. They don't have a clue where they're trying to get to. So having a really clear idea of what you would want written on your gravestone, it's a bit kind of morbid, but what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want to be remembered? Is absolutely going to inform then what gets you there. So how did you get to the point of waking up? Was it uh, one day you just sort of woke up and thought, you know what, this is not me. I need to be doing surfboards. Or was it a number of events? Or was it, you know, over a couple of years? What got you to the point of going, no, this is it. This is my destination. Now I'm going to make the journey towards that destination. <laughs> I was teaching a class on mind-body medicine. Mm -hmm. And I'd written the class and it was based on the teachings of Joseph Campbell. Um, so the hero's journey, everybody has to take the journey, follow your bliss. So he said, follow your bliss, you know, find a place where there is joy and it will burn away the pain. So I was teaching that, but I wasn't doing it. Yeah. My life was being um, changed in my, in my home environment and stuff like that. There was changes taking place that I couldn't control. Mm -hmm. Um... It was 2012, the Mayan calendar was going on yeah. and there was all those things and I was like, stuff it. Like if, if it all, uh, the way things are at the moment, if it all ends in 12 months, I'm either going to be the happiest dude alive or I'm going to be the happiest dude that carked it. Mm -hmm. So um, that was it. Yeah. yeah I couldn't, yeah, I, I, I realised that the way things were, if they were going to stay the same, then I had to live my my life while I had it yeah 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 I think you hit on a really important very simple concept but really challenging for a lot of people to do and that is to choose happiness 
and I've spoken about this in previous podcasts and conversations, is that often we are striving to a destination that isn't applicable to our own authentic self. So we're doing what we think our parents will be proud of us for, or what society expects from us, or what we thought we wanted to be as a teenager or or even a young adolescent. And then you reach a point where sometimes people don't question is my destination still what I wanted it to be or is it still right for me? So I think that's important to recognise that your destination can change. A bit like, you know, if your flight's cancelled to the Maldives, well, then maybe just go to Bali. Like, you're not still... You're not going to cancel your journey. You're still going to go on a journey. We all have a journey. Our life is constant. But it's important, I think, to keep checking in. Um, I know for, for, for a fact... When I was asked as a kid, what do you want to be? Well, I wanted to own an ice cream van because I felt I could just eat all the ice creams all day and that would make me super happy. Happy, Obviously, my destination has changed. That's not, that's not what I want now. So checking back in. Do you feel like your destination, obviously your, how many years are you in now to doing surfboards and doing your charity and, and making all this happen? Um, 13 years 13 building years. a board, so yeah, yeah, 13 years. And do you feel like your quest for contentment, happiness, the journey is as expected in that it's giving you more reward in terms of fulfilment? Do you feel like you're there? <laughs> um, I think follow, following your bliss is mm-hmm. super duper important, yeah. but I don't think everybody's cut out for it because yeah. it isn't pleasant, like it's not. A road filled with happiness so destination determines the journey so every time a problem came up in my life every time I was opposed every time I was short of money or short of materials it was always is is this going to stop me getting to my destination mm-hmm. and that fire was always still there and so I knew that it wasn't the end of the road and so that changed everything. It just became a hurdle. So there was no point wasting energy on it. Mm-hmm. It was just about how can I most smoothly get around this? Yeah. What pace do I need to go? What Again, my destination changed because of the hurdle. So to get around it, my journey had to change. So it wasn't about just enjoying life. I had to sacrifice enjoying life because the destination was more important. Yeah. It was contentment in, in the striving. Yeah. But yeah, it's not pleasant. <laughs> no. I think, well, that absolutely links in with, I did a bit of a metaphorical journey, whereas someone's in a car and how that relates to life and how if your tyres need upgrading or your windscreen wipers stop working, maybe if you want to, as a metaphor in life, that means maybe you need to up, your qualifications or take on new skills or do some more courses or if you're a learner driver on your p-plates you're not gonna go to the motorway yet so you're not gonna put yourself out there and be at the top of your game and you've got to respect that you're Mm -hmm. at where you're at and so maybe you take the country roads before you hit the the freeway really hard or if you're in an old car that doesn't suit you anymore or if you have children you need a bigger space or you need a different vehicle if you're about to go on a road trip on the sand well, then you need to change your vehicle. So I think it's about, like you say, using the destination to inform every decision and every part of the journey doesn't mean the journey's not going to, obviously, it's not going to be without challenges, yeah. without changes, 
without upgrades, without um, tweaking it. But as long as you've got that journey, sorry, the destination set, almost it's a bit like values and morals. I often have spoken about this, where if you have a value and a moral that is unchangeable, so that's what values are. They're your core beliefs and your core expectations for how you live in life and how you hope others will live around you as well. They they're act, act as a guide. They're almost the map for your journey. So the destination almost is a map. So it guides you. If you're unsure of, should I take this path or does this work towards bettering my life? We'll just check in, check in with the map. Is this getting me closer to my destination? So I think it's really important to keep using the destination as a checkpoint, as a map, as a, as a guide. Is there things along the way where maybe you've, can you recall incidences where you've just wanted to give up or you've thought, oh my gosh, what's, what's the next step or how do I get through this? And maybe talk a little on how just going back to the destination allowed you to keep going or allowed you to keep faith and hope. And um, The whole reason for creating the shed was because it was a safe place for me. So nobody could get in without an invite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could make noise. The doors were always closed. So it was my safe place. But over time, I realised that it was a safe place for other people. That's where I knew I needed to be. And I knew that I had one lifetime to give something a red-hot go and that this was going to be it. Um, but it's, it, you know, there's that saying, it's not what you got when you get there. It's what you've given up to get there. Mm-hmm. So it's giving up relationships and TV shows and dinner parties and it's it's what you give up to get there. So the yeah, it's the simple sacrifices every day. So the the big decision for me is that I was in my shed. I didn't know what to do. I was really frustrated. This was this was a couple of months in. Yeah. You know, and I went inside and I sat down to watch American Chopper. And I loved it. Like, I love all the car shows. Uh, Is that a film or a TV? Sorry. A TV series. <laughs> they build, they build uh, chopper motorcycles. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. And I realised that the people that I love watching didn't get there by watching people do what they love. They did what they love. Yeah. So I went back out and just started sweeping. So whenever I didn't know what to do, I'd organise the shed. And then I started... I had a realisation one day that the shelf next to me was manifested. So the old fellow that lived there before me was Carlo. And I was like, holy shit, Carlo manifested that shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, he sat there going, I need a shelf there. Yeah. And then he went, oh, I'll probably need a, an angle to, to put it onto the wall and then I'll need a, a, an actual bit of timber and then I'll need some screws. And then he gathered all those bits. But he manifested it. It didn't exist before he put those pieces together. Yeah. So I realised that by projecting thoughts into the future and if you follow those thoughts you should catch up to them so if you imagine that thought is like a light a particle of light I knew my destination I would walk around my shed and sweep and I would imagine my noise and dust room I'd imagine the sanding area I'd imagine boards on the wall and the more I thought about it the more light I was throwing at it mm-hmm. and I realized very early on that if I told anybody they generally oppose me. What are you doing that for? What a fucking waste of time, you know? How are you ever going to get through? Da, 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 da. So I stopped telling people, and I really understood the mad scientist in the cave, you know, that 
there's they're, they're focused accumulating light and following a path until they get to that thing that they desired, mm-hmm. that, that discovery. I know it's there. I'm yeah. going to keep following it. So to me, where we are now is 10 years of accumulated light mm-hmm. and I just didn't stop wavering off the path or if I did, I got back on the destination always determined the journey and to get to that destination, there was a required path. Mm-hmm. So that path had a trajectory and along the way, it's always people saying, oh, you got to, you need, you need to have a day off, you got to do this, you have to do, you got to all these things, you shouldn't be who you are and do what you need to do in this lifetime, be something that makes me feel safe. Mm. And it was sacrificing all of that, which is the hero's journey. It's leaving leaving society, leaving community to go into the darkness to meet the magical helpers and, you know, and then the whole purpose of the hero's journey is the return. Mm-hmm. It's bringing it back, you know, and... That journey is what this place is metaphysically for other people. It's the ability to to find self acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I just realised then through um, you talking and explaining so beautifully was, I was thinking about athletes and I was thinking about people that have created something like their goal or their destination was to be on the podium at the Olympics or a CEO whose destination was to create a billion dollar business, or a parent whose destination was, okay, I want to have four kids. And the real struggle that comes after that, where, now what? What next? I listened to a podcast, The Diary of a CEO. It's fascinating, by Stephen Bartlett. And he interviews very successful business people. And I listened to this one, and um, it's um, BrewDog, the, the company owner of BrewDog. Um, and it was so heartbreaking because he had a destination in mind and then he reached it and had zero satisfaction, maybe a minute of feeling self-worth or proud or of value. And then, okay, well, now what next? What next? What next? What's next? What you offer here and what you've created here is a continuous journey so that no one ever has to feel like they've reached the destination because I think there's a real scary daunting you actually never really want to get there wherever there is because then what that's what um all these high achievers often really struggle with because now what do I do it's kind of the midlife crisis if you want to call it simply people get to where they've wanted to they tick off the got the mortgage got the kids got the husband got the wife got the blah 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 holy shit I'm 45 what the fuck do I do with my time now we don't have that here because it is constant. Not only do they reach the point of creating a wonderful wooden object that they can use, there's a community, it's constant. They can take their surfboard, their weightboard, their whatever board they make out into the ocean, constantly use it, bring their friend along, inspire the next person. And it's just always a journey. And I think we as a society or even as individuals need to embrace the journey Forget about the destination because I tell you, it is so from friends that I've seen or people that I've heard about, there's very few that have actually reached the destination and are happier, more content, more fulfilled or more at peace once they've gotten there. Mm. So that's where I am at the moment. Right. So at, I'm 50. Yeah. Feels like a midlife crisis. Are you 50? 
50? Yeah. You do not look 50. Yeah. Well, there um, we go. <laughs> and I, I got to exactly where I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, that my life had changed, so there was no point fighting it. It was the quicker I accepted it, the quicker I could make a choice. So old Viktor Frankl says, in between stimulus and response is choice. Um, and it was understanding how to lengthen the space between stimulus and response to make it a choice, not a reaction, mm-hmm. or an action, not a reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so destination, I suppose, helped that because it required thoughts to go over here, not into the, the reaction. An action is required to, to move in a, a chosen way. Yeah, conscious. And that's the whole, you know, I think... Anthony Robbins talks about the two ships that sail together and Mm -hmm. one changes direction by one degree. And initially it doesn't look like a big movement, but over a year, but if you make a one degree shift, you know, once every couple of weeks, that's a, it doesn't take long to be apart from something that's no good for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really lovely visual. It's, it's interesting having in society often I'm, I'm equating the destination as the goal or the outcome or, you know, we're so conditioned to strive for something, full stop. And I'm just, I'm just throwing out an idea here that that's not always necessarily positive because when you get there, it can be quite detrimental. So almost it's a guide, it's a light, it's a, shi- it's a lighthouse, it's a, a holiday, it's a shiny, nice object, but that can't be the be all end all. Be, I think it's, or it has to guide you, but it can't be the end thing. I think it's what we see is only a microcosm of a greater destination. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not the small me that's going to gain satisfaction from this destination and my individual trajectory in this lifetime. Like if I don't, you know, the old um, optic fiber globes. Mm-hmm. That had all the optic fibers. Yeah. Well, I look at that as that everybody's a light on the end. Yeah. And most people spend their lives going, "Look at me! Look at me! I'm a light! I'm a light!" Yeah. And yeah. You get waved around and change colors and all the rest of it. But if you go, "Oh, where's the light come from?" And you start to to follow that optic fiber back to the source. At some point, we all come from the same source. Yeah. So that to me made sense how clairvoyance works or you know, psychic healing and things like that is because we're all connected. We're all particles of light. If two particles were once connected, they're always connected in quantum physics or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a spectrum of thought. So we can all think the same thoughts from the, the worst depravity. We're all capable of all those things to the highest of high thoughts. But upon that spectrum, media controls us to think, you know, balanced on the negative side of life, where by conscious thought, you can think things like the light of Christ shines in every cell of your body, mm-hmm. you know, that, that yeah, the, the light of infinite kindness mm-hmm. uh, radiates from everyone that hears this. That's a that's a conscious choice that people don't choose to think because they're being told what to think from a populace 
agreement that it's normal to watch TV or listen to commercial radio or listen to songs that are chosen by nine corporations. Yeah. That That, that really speaks to something I've just written down here. Um, Don't drive whilst drunk. And that was me very literally taking the journey and if you're driving, but that could really relate to exactly what you're saying. Don't make a decision or don't take a step on your journey without conscious thought about where I want my journey to take me. There are so many people, we've people have said this in lots of different ways, but that are blind in life. Obviously they can physically see, but they're just following what they are prescribed to follow by media, by social groups, by... And it's almost like you could say, choose who you have in the car with you. Because who you surround yourself with, we all know, is a product of, it's going to and dictate our lives. So if we're sharing a journey with positive influence, great. We're probably going to enjoy the journey, have a smoother journey, maybe go somewhere a bit further in our journey. Negative influence people, we're probably going to have a really turbulent journey or an unhappy journey or an unsafe journey or whatever it might be. So it need, you're right, it needs to start with conscious awareness of well just thinking where do I want the destination and I think it's the awareness because you don't know what you don't that's my buzzword by the way (laughs) in every in every podcast it's essentially it's all awareness that's what the whole point of life is but you need to so hitting hitting this dark patch at the moment you know before recognizing all right there's another I need to start throwing light 10 years into this future now Mm -hmm. um I didn't know that I didn't know I needed help. Mm-hmm. I was so deep in it, I didn't know that I didn't know. I believed where I was at. So when we have a confirmation bias where, where you know, there's, there's this collective agreement of thought and what's normal to think about, it's easy to get trapped. Mm. Um, and it's with people like yourself sharing. Mm. And I think that the way we share is to mentor, you know, to, to me, I'm at the pointy end of an arrow um, pushing into the darkness and the old know myself, know thyself, you know, over the, the door of the temple of Delphi, the, the more I know myself and reach my own depths, the more I can understand and empathise and uh, act with kindness to, to other people. Yeah. And that's all that matters. It's, yeah. Yeah. And through both of our works, that's exactly what we're... I've never really thought that that's what I'm trying to do, but it is, really. You're creating totems, you know, that, that it's the same as Mashiro Omoto with the, the hidden messages in water. You know, you put the love on your water bottle and it changes the crystals. You're, you're transforming the light that bounces off a of space. You know, that that light enters into somebody's eyes and if you put a signature into it of what you want that intent to be, somebody has to tell me that that doesn't make a difference Mm. and why it doesn't make a difference because it does make a difference. Mm -hmm. That's why advertising is so prominent and so in your face because if it's not there all the time, you'd forget about it in an instant because it's not our nature. Yeah. You have to get tricked into this false reality yeah yeah it's 
it's something I've struggled with is understanding people's naivety or but I don't think we're supposed to I think we're we're trained to think we need to understand but you shouldn't ever understand something that is lesser or lower than you that's looking at that spectrum going well that's fucked up I need to understand that so you take your thoughts there Mm. you're supposed to bounce off it and go well I don't need to understand that I guess my hope is that through understanding why people are sometimes a bit sheep-like, you know, just all following a crowd, if I can understand why they're doing that, then I can hopefully inspire them to not act in that way. So if I can, if I can get to why people go about doing life without conscious thought, maybe I can help them to wake themselves up but in I think a that's way that's... The that's the option that God gave to them for this lifetime, you know, that I think that if it is an evolutionary thing that we're given all these comforts around us because we're so close to making the ultimate choice. Because it's it's not understanding somebody else that is going to allow you to say the light of a thousand Buddhas shines from... Mm. Gosh, this is good. Because I guess maybe that's... Yeah, I haven't considered that. And in a way, I'm kind of almost trying to like pull people along and say, look, guys, I promise you this, this part of the journey gets better. And if we just head towards this way and, you know, this path is really going to make your life happier. Maybe I am holding myself back in doing that and trying to bring people along for the journey. Mm. I just need to get myself to the destination, whatever that might be, or focus on my own destination rather than trying to bring others. I just... I just know when the destination is is a positive one, a happy one, a bright one, a healthy one, then the journey is so much happier and easier and nicer and more enjoyable. And I want as many people as possible to experience that positive journey. Um, and I guess my approach to work and life is how can I bring more people on the good journey or the positive journey than the journey with bumps and, and darkness and breakdowns and whatever. I'd leave all those bits in there that just make it well lit and just oh, keep forging that's through. that's so beautiful. I'll be the road lamps. Yeah, that's a, that's a, we have a, a bit of a thing here that where everybody has to walk through the forest and the forest is really dark, mm-hmm. but we've got enough people that have gone through the forest that there's, there's markers in that darkness now. Uh, we'll be able to help you get to the other side because of what other people have been through. Yeah, wow. Mm. Can I ask a bit more personally on how you constructed the program or did it happen organically? Did you have a vision for... Ooh, that's spooky. I've just looked at a board above your head that says the word in (laughs) blue, vision. (laughs) That's spooky. Anyway, did you have the um, vision exactly laid out of how you thought the destination of a working workshop with all the um, facilities and everything here did you have that in one vision or has it just organically happened over many many years I remember um, being in Bunnings and seeing a friend I hadn't seen for for years and saying this is what I'm going to do I'm going to have a workshop and these are the people that I'm going to work with and and that was before I'd even started I don't think I'd even built my own board then. I, I had built a board but hadn't taught anybody. Yeah. Um, but no, it was 
it was because it was constructed as my safe place. So my safe place was an egoless place. And so in shamanism, it's all about deconstruction of the ego. You know, you stalk your thoughts to watch them to see where you're wasting energy because we're trying to accumulate energy to achieve feats above and beyond the ordinary. And the best way we waste them is with thoughts. Yeah. So it was a, how do we accumulate that energy? Well, the best way is to cut out past pain and position because they're the thing that, things that bind us to the past or the future. And we're, we're wasting energy if we're in either. Mm-hmm. But if the destination is set, you can always be present as long as you say you look up, make sure that light is still where you need it to be. Or I really understand the past pain position. None of those. No pain, no past, no position. Can you expand on those a little bit more? I think that would be quite a new concept for a lot of people, and I think that's really important. That it's integral to what you do here. So, can you explain each of those just a bit more so that we can put that into the context of what you do? Basically, it's it's not using those things as a commodity. You know that we're we're energetic beings and we feed on energy. Mm-hmm. Food is one way we can get energy, but we can get we get most of our energy by from other people mm-hmm. either because it's gifted to us or because we steal it and we steal it with bad behavior you know the the bully that's given attention as a kid for being a bully we generally always stay a bully the sporto will always stay a sporto the office geek will always be an office geek because that's where they got their dopamine rewards mm-hmm. so the ego looks at it and goes well that's a survival strategy so it we obviously enjoy it at the start because it gave us a hit, but it's staying in that ego. It's like battered relationships. It's easier to stay in the known and the unknown. Mm-hmm. That's the break. The break free is the unknown. And and it, it should feel scary. It should feel unusual and it should be filled with anxiety because it's somewhere you've never been before. Mm-hmm. So you should be have high alert but a conscious high alert that you're walking a good path. Mm-hmm. So you leave the past. So that's... past pain position, that's right. So not using those things as a commodity, the past is the past. Mm-hmm. You know, they say that if you're in the past, you're depressed. If you're in the future, you're anxious. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to look at where people's focal points are. The pain, we, we say here that everybody's in pain or everybody's hurting and everybody's hiding it. So that's just an assumption we make for everybody here, that mm-hmm. everyone is hurting. So we mitigate a lot of triggers and risks because everybody is aware that everybody else is hurting, but everybody's hiding it. Like, so no it's part past, of being no, human. Yeah. So there's no point shining light on that because that's yeah. not going to enhance your human experience whilst here. It's not going to aid what no. you're doing and, whilst here. Well, it's not an appropriate call for this place mm-hmm. so we're we're positioned in an environment that deals with transition and trauma um, we recognize that as part of a healthcare team for these individuals that they've got other places to talk mm-hmm. but there's no other place where they can come and be normalized as they are in spite of your past in spite of your pain in spite of your position you're a person you know, before your career, you're a person. After your career, you're a person. And that's the disjoint that we have in our societies is because people aren't using passion to become mentors. Mm-hmm. 
That's, that's how we should all push into the light. I've also not thought about this till just now, that I'm, I would assume a lot of people use past pain or position as their destination. So I just thought of my dad, who's recently retired. He's filling his days busier than he, they were when he was working because for him, his position is being of use and busy. Right. Um, some people go through life and their pain is their identity and they, they own having an illness or a chronic condition or, and that's, that's not to belittle what they're going through but you have to ask um, if they're using that as their destination, their identity, well then that means they're already at the destination, they're not enjoying the journey and the same is true of the past. Often, unfortunately, people do still live in the past in a way that they've arrived but they're in the past so there is no journey they're stuck they're unable mm. the hangman in the tarot pack i haven't spoken about the fact that i read tarot cards but the hanged man the hanged man the illustration is they're um hanging from the feet there is no step forward they are stuck that's what the card represents it's not about death and dying and being hung it's about a past card something you need to let go of in the past is keeping you in this place. So I've not thought about that before, but how, again, having the destination determines the journey, but the destination needs to be a positive one and it needs to not be past pain or position. Otherwise, it's just a constant loop. It's not a, it's not a transition. It's not a reintegration in the community. Yeah. Um, it's just a reaffirmation, the confirmation bias that we all live in um, because we should be transitioning we all should be transitioning to higher thoughts than what we're yep. currently <laughs> collectively agreeing to. Well, living is evolving. There's so many words. It's changing, it's growing, it's moving. It's awareness. It's awareness. <laughs> it absolutely is just awareness. But it's, it's a moving thing. Otherwise, you're, you're not living. You are stagnant. You are dead. You're not evolving. So um, absolutely, the journey is life i mean you can't it's i think there's a there's a difference between existing and living absolutely and yeah. most people will only recognize that they have that choice on their deathbeds or yeah. when illness happens or tragedy mm -hmm. and they'll recognize that they've been existing yeah because it's a it is a comfort zone yeah and we shouldn't be in our comfort zones for, for too long that's terrible so so on my gravestone i know the thing that i don't want written mm-hmm is that I was good at watching TV. Yeah. Or that my thumbs were powerful from scrolling. <laughs> yeah. You know, how bizarre. You've got great metatarsals, guys. Yeah. They're really good for yeah. taxing. Yeah. It's, um, oh, I had a really, I was going to say something then in relation to that. It's gone. But, um, yeah, lots of food for thought in terms of what to put on your gravestone or what, how you, because I don't, I don't reckon, I've not done it, I'm, I need to go away after this conversation and define what I want my destination to be and know that there can be many destinations along the way, you know, it's not just going to be, life is one big journey but I can choose little destinations and that will help me to get to the main big one. Um, I was going to ask, have you got any, without giving away names or personnel or people, but any examples of where Go, people going through your program here and your um, board making process where 
you can really honestly say they've changed their journey and they've changed their destination and they've had just wonderful results. I'm sure that's true of every single person. They've gained, they will have gained something, whether even if it's awareness of themselves or a life lesson or even the skill of building a board. But does anything mm. come to mind? Um, so there's one fellow that came in with pretty severe, or severe hypervigilance. Um, so had been in combat uh, a number of times. So a, not a common thing, but um, with frontline soldiers, I suppose, PTSD and hypervigilance. Um, so he came in with his dad, 40, 45 years old, came in with his dad. Um, when he first started, he used to hug the walls. So I knew where I needed to put him, you know, close to a door, close to a wall, close to a corner. Uh, one day I dropped a fire when he was um, strung out for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And I just keep moving on because I'm supposed to push into the into the darkness, you know, mm -hmm. just lead the way, mm -hmm. just accept. Um, so we have a, a part of the process when we're in the shaping phase, which is called the Ray Charles. So when he first started to come in, he was super scared, like a like a, you know, we'd have him in by himself. Um, when you do the Ray Charles, it's about closing your eyes. And just feeling because mm -hmm. your your fingers will tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, the fingertips will, will will share texture, but your whole finger and hand will, will tell you shape. Mm -hmm. And what your eyes do is involve the intellect mm -hmm. and they try and understand the shape, which is false. You know, so you, you feel things, you feel edges and you feel shape. So at the end of the process he was able to, to stand with his eyes closed, fondling his board. Yeah. With people walking around, different noises, yeah. Wow. So that's a good one. Oh, I'm gaining so much insight out of this conversation. Thank mm. you. That's so true of when I used to massage. I did massage therapy for 10 years just to gain a visa into the country. But we had two students who were visually impaired and the way that they massage intuitively through touch alone, astounding. So mm. I started to do it. And I would often, there's hundreds of people I've massaged, you would never know this, but often I would do the whole thing with my eyes shut. Mm. Because you, you really it's can truer. feel, when you shut off a sense, Especially you can't Especially the help. intellect. Yes. Because the eyes are yes. so, so connected to the intellect. Absolutely. And I think that's why often you will close your eyes when you meditate or when you need to essentially all the senses firing at once is noise it's all it's a conversation with five how many senses you have five or six however many you like to think but they're all just shouting over each other so shutting a sense off can be really powerful or a few mm. senses off often when I paint I put ear um Bunnings ear muff things on my ears they're the noise cancelling workman ones um because I don't want to hear it, it distracts my my ability to to mm. see the colours, to work the paint. So I think that's a, I'm just thinking out loud here, but maybe a helpful tip if you're struggling to be aware, be conscious, connect with your thoughts, more so connect with your intuition, like you say, switch your thought and your intellect off, but really just go inside, is switch off senses if you can. Well, and, and another way to do it, it can be running because you're overloading a sense. Mm -hmm. And so the others can become quiet. 
into yeah. the moody meditation. Yeah. I just want to circle back to one thing that, so destination determines the journey. When I was growing up, I, I realised pretty young that I was never going to be good at anything. So I was never going to be a sports person and I was never going to be a brainiac. And mm-hmm. so I decided I was going to be a good person. So that's, that was my destination. Whatever happens along the way, it was never about money, never about any other thing except being a good person. So that that's all I'd want on my gravestone. Wow. Mm. And how much better is that, being a whole complete good person than being good at one thing? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I put that as a, a little pointer as well, is that, almost related to that but people often will aspire to be owning a thing or acquiring a thing or achieving a thing when actually our destination should probably be more having a characteristic or a value or a personality trait and it sounds so obvious to us because Mm -hmm. that's how we already think we just that's just our nature is that we want to be good people and shed light and be positive energy but that's I think that's facing tragedy and trauma is that once you've lost everything mm. you know it's it's there's a different quality in people who have faced tragedy yeah that was what I was going to mention before actually is that it's a shame that you have to experience adversity hardship trauma pain in order to be awoken I don't have I once went to a seminar this was when I was really naive in my 20s and I thought making money was going <laughs> to define me and that was what I was supposed to choose. And I went to this seminar all on money making and millionaires and blah, blah, blah. And I put my hand up and I said, do you know any self-made millionaires? This was to a millionaire, a billionaire, I think. Do you know any self-made millionaires that have just woken up in a middle class um, run-of-the-mill, financially stable situation and decided I'm going to make money. And they couldn't think of anyone. One, they said, wow, I've never been asked that question before. What an interesting viewpoint. But also, no, every single person that has been a self-made millionaire has usually experienced not having anything or not having enough. And it's just a shame, I think. I haven't thought about this enough, but maybe it's not a shame. But that often it's only the ones that have had to experience absolute hardship and darkness that then can become aware of what needs to happen and aware of their destination. It's the butterfly chrysalis thing. Is the pain of change greater than the pain of staying the same? Mm. And, and it's only when it hurts less to change. Yeah, you need that, you need that incentive. You need that mm. kick at the bottom, really. Yeah. In a way, therefore, I struggle. I'm very empathetic, but I do struggle. And I'm, ugh, I need to work on this. But when people have a problem, which is a genuine problem, and might be a trauma, might be a hardship, it might be some drama in their life, I know that that is going to lead to, or have more potential to lead to a positive change and potentially change the journey and the destination more than if that hadn't happened so kind of I'm like great lucky you I know you're not feeling great at the moment and this is awful and I feel your pain and I empathize with it and I acknowledge and connect with it but I almost kind of want to go but this is awesome you don't realize actually this is going to be fantastic because 
and you and I both know this, we've both had personal hardship and we've gone through struggles, but we have come through the other side and we can genuinely say it has the opportunity, if you choose to, to... So look at it as a lacrosse game, that you're in the first quarter, they have quarters. Yeah, the quarters, yeah. You're in the first quarter and someone in the stand goes, I know they're going to win, let's go and celebrate. And you'd be like, we've only just started. Mm. Like you're, you're as a, a kind person supposed to be there to cheer them on, <laughs> yeah, but not to deny them of the game. Yeah. yeah. Expand on that a bit more. I don't think I. You said something the other day, um, which you can cut this out if you want, and you asked Rob when somebody won't look into your eyes. So in, in communication, mm. yeah. And what came to me was that well, they shouldn't be looking into your eyes because you both should be looking in the same direction. That that standing in front of somebody's path, you know, they'll give you eye contact when the time is right. Mm-hmm. When you've reached the safe place on the journey together, the place mm. to stop, to contemplate and... That's tricky because that was in relation to my partner. Yeah. So obviously we're not there yet, which is great actually because it means that we're still on the journey and, and, and maybe one day we'll get to a point where we can. That's right. But, but it, it's, it's relationship I think is not about, you know, it's the old Khalil Gibran thing that two, two oak trees don't grow in each other's shadows. You don't put two pillars next to each other. That, that you guys are looking at the same destination Mm. And by having the same destination, your journey will change. And that sometimes you'll be in front or behind each other, but you're, you're always on the same path, putting your markers down. And, yeah. Um, but it, it, pulling somebody out of a... They might be going to get berries on a side path, yeah. but with those berries comes thorns. Yeah. Yeah, get your berries, you dickhead. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> Mm. Because there is joy in the darkness, isn't there? Like it's there's a reason that the dark path is taken. You know, when you follow a dark path, it, to get to the light. Yeah. Yeah, I still would like my girlfriend to look me in the eye though, because she's got beautiful eyes, and I I connect that way. But yes. I can see that maybe that's a future as long as we're in the same in, on the same and, and destination. And same as me being a good well, person, destination mm-hmm. determines the journey. Well, who do you need to be for her to look in your eyes? No, who does she need to be to look into your eyes? Yeah, thank you. That's really important. I shall ponder that. Who do I need to be? Probably. Exactly, that. What? (laughs) I don't know. I've asked her as well and she doesn't know. She just says, you're just too beautiful and I get overwhelmed. But that's because it's it's the same as a new feeling. It's outside of you, isn't it? So it's a new you that you haven't folded Mm. into yet. We'll talk about this off. (laughs) (laughs) 
hotline. I want to know. I want to know the answer. I don't know it now. Oh. And we're coming up to the hour mark. That's incredible. Is he so? So, so you shouldn't know the answer in your current thinking. It's outside of it. So you can't think about what you already know, because you're just looking through the same pile yes. to find the answer that's not there. God, you're good. So true. Repeat that again, because that is so. I have no so idea. So true. What <laughs> no idea what you said. Essentially, you can't think about your own thinking through your own yeah, the present well, it's moment. The, it's the Einstein thing. You can't solve a problem with the same thinking that caused it. Yep. So it's awareness of that, patience, ki- self-kindness, and just... Being, being the person you see yourself as in 10 years. Yep. Being that now. And then you won't even need to know the answer. Often often people who are in heartache will sort of ask, how do I reconnect or how do I get my apology or how do I resolve this and get how do I get closure? Well, the irony is or the, the answer is once you get to a point where you can get those things, you won't, know, you won't need them anymore. A bit like when I had... Um, issues with food you know how how do I get to a point where I can eat something without wanting to smash my head against the wall how do I eat something without then not going for a run or how do well once you get to that point you won't need that like it's yeah so it's it's accepting what you you can't do or change and just like you say keep the focus on the destination and then deciding on the spectrum where your thought is going to be in relation to that Mm -hmm. that thing because within relationship, there's plenty of destinations to choose from. Yeah. But it's not the destination in the next 15 minutes, is it? It's the destination no. in 15, 15, 20 years. Yeah. If that's what you we both want. We want to be cool motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important as a one sentence is that you need to make sure if you are in a partnership that you both have the same rough destination in mind I think that is an issue or a problem that a lot of couples but also working relationships you know two co-founders of a business or um I don't know even team members if you don't have the same destination in mind and it's the same destination as individuals yes that you can go different paths if necessary yeah to absolutely um, really, really important. I don't think that many couples would sit down in the beginning or go for a walk in the beginning and have the conversation over what is it that we want? How do we see? Because it's like, oh, we're not there yet. We don't need to have that conversation yet. So, well, actually, what's the point in investing all this time, energy, emotion into trying to get to the same destination or not and then realise that we're on totally different paths? That's right. And, so, the, and the destination's determined by what you put in front of your face. So when you're sitting at night with a TV show on about how to have a bad relationship, mm-hmm. where you, you increase your ability to have a bad relationship. Yeah. So yeah. you flex that muscle because it's a survival thing. Your ego loves it. Crazy. Crazy. It's not called programming for no reason. <laughs> so true. Oh, my gosh. We've got so much out of this conversation. I hope that... I'm aware that sometimes when, you know what, I'm not even going to say that, the people that will understand what we've spoken about 
will hear it and understand it. If you don't understand it, then you won't have had this conversation or listened to into this conversation. So yeah, it might just take another listen. Yeah, or it might be. Or please ask questions. Like if you if there's something, there's been so many amazing little nuggets of wisdom, knowledge, insight that um, yeah. I think there'll be some questions. Please direct those questions. Absolutely. We have a bit of a closing kind of tradition, and that is I set a little suggestion of some um, self-work, something that you can do until the next episode or something you just might want to ponder from what we've spoken about. And for me, there's just a standout, and that is writing what you would like or having awareness of what you would like on your gravestone. So coming up with what your destination for your whole life might be. And this obviously can change and you don't need to know how to get there. That will just resolve itself because as long as you focus on it, you will get there. Um, that's absolutely something I'm going to do based on this conversation. So thank you so much. And I just encourage everyone else to do the same. How do you want to be remembered and what do you want your destination to be? Woohoo! Yay! Thanks, Is there anything Liv. more you want to add? No, that was no. cool. That was so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, stay safe, guys, and I really hope this has been helpful. And tune in next time. Thank you. Bye, peeps. Bye. <laughs>